Thought Bubble Audio. Up in the sky! You will never find the more wretched hive of scum and villainy. Welcome to Beer with Geeks with Tim and Frank. Who <laughs> are I'm Batman. I am Iron Man. Your friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. Hi, Christopher. I'm Nero. My name is Inigo Montoya. You're a wizard, Harry. A couple of guys with a couple of beers and a whole lot of pop culture nostalgia. Make it so, number one. Ladies and gentlemen, the Beatles! Name the dog in the ant. Life finds a way. I am serious. And don't call me Shirley. Now sit back and crack open a cold one, because it's time for Beer with Geeks. It comes in pints? Shaken, not stirred. Great Scott! I was way off. I knew it started with an S, though. Hi, and welcome to Beer with Geeks, where two geeks geek out with beer. I'm Tim, and with me, as always, is the king under the sea, Frank. How are you today? Captain Frank, king of the sea. How are you today? <laughs> Why do I feel like I wasn't prepared for this under the sea bit? Because if I was prepared, I would probably be like doing like a Sebastian bit and be like, oh, yeah, the seaweed is always green. Uh, like <laughs> we might have. So when we were kids, we used to go get seafood at a place called Captain Frank's. Nice. Actually. Mm-hmm. Yep. You weren't there. Ever. No, 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 I wasn't. No, so I guess there's more than one person in the universe named Frank. What? No way. Spoilers, I guess, for something. I don't know. That's Punisher. It's not really. Yeah, the Punisher. Good, <laughs> Frank Castle. Good. Do you hate that the Punisher shares your name? I don't care. Do care? I really don't, don't care really... one way or another. I don't. Okay. I, I The amount of time I spend thinking about the Punisher is like point zero 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 one percent Whenever people talk about... The Netflix show Punisher. I'm like, oh yeah, this is the one time a year I'm going to think about this character. That's good. I wonder because you know you you know if you're a superhero fan, right? Then you say like, oh, what's my superhero name equivalent? Who else has right. my name? Right, right. And so I get Tim Drake, right, you know, right, a Robin, which is pretty, which you know, Red Robin, which is pretty outstanding, you know. And then you get the Punisher, which for some people is pretty outstanding, but for for you, Frank, it's kind of how do you feel about that? It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. You know, they're the only Superman. So you get a, a Batman character, right, in Tim Drake, which is great because he's your favorite. Batman's your favorite. But yep. uh, for me, the only Superman character that comes to mind that has the name Frank is the mayor of Metropolis is Frank Berkowitz. So got that oh, going for me. <laughs> that's that's played by worst. Sonny Bono on uh, uh, Lois and Clark. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. It's fine. It's fine. Not great. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. So what are you drinking? Uh, well, I am drinking another one of those fancy beers that a friend picked up for us uh, at a at a brewery. Uh, this time, uh, he went to Treehouse Brewing. Treehouse Brewing is a pretty well-respected uh, brewery. I think they're in Western Mass, Western Massachusetts. Um, so, so not close to Boston, but, but a little further out there at West heading towards, uh, towards New York state. And, uh, they're another, you know, sort of small batch, uh, microbrewery that makes a very, very highly regarded, uh, bunch of beers. In this case, uh, it is the Hayes double IPA, and this is a very heavy one. So if you're not into the heavy, um, 
uh, hoppy IPAs, I would say stay away from this one. It's called Haze for a reason. It's unfiltered, um, and it is a very um, uh, it's 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 pretty. It's a little fruity. It's got some peach in there, um, but it's, it's it's a citrusy, heavy IPA. Not for the faint of heart. Very earthy, but very very good if if you're into some some good beers. So Treehouse Haze IPA, double IPA. Citrusy and heavy sounds really good. It's a it's an interesting combination, and I really recommend it. If it's if it sounds like it's up your alley, I would say check it out. It's 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 really cool. It's hard to get because you can only get it at the brewery. Um, but if you ever want to take a road trip out of Charlton, Mass, uh, we can go. Um, I mean, I, I, I'm okay for a road trip. <laughs> okay, cool. You know, I'll I'll see you in a few hours. All right, cool. Great. Meet you there. I got to get my shoes on. Anyway. Uh, I am not drinking a beer, Frank. I am drinking a sparkling seltzer, a mm. black cherry from Schweppes, because I got to say hydrated, Frank, because this is the Aquaman episode. Mm, I see so what I, you did there. I had to be drinking some some kind of water, but I didn't want to drink just any kind of regular water, boring blah water. So I went for the sparkling kind because Aquaman sparkles up my life. You know what I mean? <laughs> yes, yeah. I think I do. That's good. All right, great. So, what was so, your overall impression of this of this film? I, I want to hear from. I'm very curious to hear from you what your sort of general broad strokes thoughts are. Well, I like you with Spider Man into the Spider Verse saw Aquaman early mm-hmm. because I'm very busy and important. So I have Amazon Prime, which allowed me to see it early. Right. Right. <laughs> Yeah, they did that promotion where it was like you could see it a week or so early if you were a Prime subscriber yeah, in, the, in theaters. The, in theaters, yep. You could see it a week. If you're an Amazon Prime, you just you know prove that you're Amazon Prime, and then you could see it a, a week early in the theaters. So it was great. So I did it, and it was great. So overall impressions, I friggin' loved Aquaman. Nice. I loved it. I loved it so hard. And I know that there are some clunky bits mm. and some you know some maybe storytelling flummoxes or you know whatever you want to say but but overall it's the exact kind of tone that I want in a comic book film you know especially especially depending on I think it's character dependent certainly okay you know but for for the for it was a tone that played off of the charisma of its leading actor. Okay. You know, as, yep. a, as opposed to, because Jason Momoa could very easily and has been, can be dark and sinister. You know, he's not mm-hmm. like, he he's like, he has to be the charming, like, you know, sassy, you know, sassy star or whatever. You know, he's, he could be quite, quite eerie and, and scary if he, if he wants to be, but that's not, the hero that I want to follow, right? Sure. And so if if Arthur is supposed to be king, then I want that man to be kingly. Mm. I, yeah, I want sure. Him, I want him. I want to think that man can be king. And I honestly didn't think that the movie was going to make me believe that Jason Momoa's Arthur Curry was could be king. And by the end, I was like, "Wow, damn it, they did it! They I did it. He, he he could probably do it because I think everybody else in the film was like." He 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 also can't can't do this. Yeah. This is this is not good. And he's like, I I can't do this. This is not good. So film got me on 
his side because everyone was like, this is really our only option. It's not really about you being best for the job. It's about you being better for the job than a than an egomaniac mm, or true. Than a megalomaniac. True. And so this is this is kind of where we we land ourselves. But I think I, I think the movie starts slightly clunky, like it has a lot of information to get out to its audience very quickly like oh hey atlantis undersea kingdom this is a thing and this is a thing and this is atlanta and this is this and this is this and this is this however i still it still to me felt like it kind of took its time with with that atlanta stuff and arthur's father and the lighthouse and everything i didn't feel like we rushed through arthur's origin as a child mm-hmm. um i think there was there was plenty of there's plenty of good info. There's plenty of good info in there. The fight scene with At- At- Atlanta was very cool. Um, and then, but but then there was that in between part where Arthur's an adult before he goes to Atlantis, and mm-hmm. that's the bit that felt like I was like, just we just need to we need to get moving now. Mm-hmm. But then once it did, it was great, and mm-hmm. it just I thought it flowed very very well from there i i think the color palette chosen for the film was was smart because if we're underwater the whole time it could have looked real dark and murky very Mm -hmm. quickly Mm -hmm. very dull lot like um like honestly like justice league's version of atlantis which isn't even atlantis as we find out it's some like offshoot little site somewhere where they because you know he's never been to atlantis before that could have been real boring to watch for a long time like horribly dull oh yeah and so but uh this was this was great i loved it what did you think I I liked it overall. I have decided that I liked it. Um, I wasn't so sure at first, but I, I so I I, th- I think it is a good movie with problems. Um, I wasn't sure whether it was a just an okay movie that that had some good parts, or if it was a good movie with problems. I've decided it's a good movie with problems um, that I can overlook. Problems that I can overlook. Um, I felt a little off kilter for a lot of the movie. I agree that there was a lot of I want to say the first hour of the movie or so, there was a lot of, exp- it was very exposition heavy. Mm-hmm. Um, and and the way a, lo- a lot of that exposition was done was in dialogue yep. um, for much of the, the first half of the movie. So it kind of felt like every 10 minutes there was an action scene and then in between there was a lot of dialogue and then 10 minutes of action and then more dialogue. And it kind of felt like we were going in this cycle over and over again of just standing around talking and then fighting and then standing around talking and fighting. Um, I, I kind of felt like I do not disagree with what that. the, what the yeah. movie. Okay. Um, so I felt like for pacing reasons, it was a little bit up and then down and then up and then down. I would have almost preferred something a little bit more like what wonder woman did where they took care of a lot of the exposition with the origin piece, right? When she's, when she's on the mascara, I kind of would have liked some of that, some of that stuff, um, like him him being trained uh, when he's a kid, and and all the stuff of him finding out about his mother, and all, all all these things that that happened when he was younger, they did them in flashbacks, and I respect the thinking there. I'm just not sure that it worked for flow the way so, that that I would have preferred. Um, yeah. I think that I think that it just that made it feel a little scatterbrained. Um, 
I also feel like they kind of crammed Black Manta in there when there wasn't really much for him to do in this movie. And it may have been wiser to just have the patience to hold off. Maybe maybe have the breadcrumbs you know, to, to lead up to a sequel. But it felt like they, they crammed too much of him in there for for not. He wasn't really the main villain of the movie. He was just kind of there and he, he moved the plot along. But I don't know that he was necessary. And I feel like it was kind of a waste of this character. And, and I, I understand the idea is that in a sequel, he'll be the main villain. And I'm actually excited for that for a couple of reasons we can talk about later. But I felt like that was just felt a little crammed in there and a little made it feel a little busy. Um, I really loved the Arthur Mara going to find the Trident storyline. That for me was the best element of the movie, like the best story element of the movie. Like I found that the most easy to follow, interesting to follow. It, it was, it, and, and it had like a little bit of uh, Indiana Jones or or the Mummy, depending on on your preference. Um, it had a little bit of that. It had a, a little bit of Arthurian, you know, looking for uh, Excalibur. It had all these these great, like the the best of the best uh, storytelling devices were in that plot line. And in in a lot of ways, it felt like that was the main plot line, and other stuff was maybe added on or was accentuated more afterwards but it felt like that was sort of the main driver of the story and that was the story that i was the most interested in and kind of every time we went back to atlantis and saw the the wars getting ready the war getting ready to get off the ground and the different machinations and everything i kind of felt like i was watching a star wars prequel for part of those scenes where i was sort of like oh good political machinations great um where what i really wanted to follow was like the hero's journey so so it felt like it was a little bit scatterbrained for me but when I take a step back and look at it as a whole, I'm like, it has all these great things. I just think that maybe the order of them was what, what confused me while I was watching it. I think on a rewatch, I will enjoy it a lot more because I'll be a lot more sort of clear on what's happening and less distracted by like, why are they putting this here when it should be over there? Now I know the full story, so I, I appreciate it more. So I, I actually really liked this. I think that there was a little bit of executional, um, you know, some preferences maybe that I would have some things I would have done differently. But I really enjoyed the movie. I really enjoyed the movie. And I think this is like James Wan did a really, really good, um, did some really, really good work here. I think that for me, this was going to be a little bit of a litmus test of how is this universe going to to continue now under new leadership? And, you know, we've talked about how since Justice League, there's been a changeover in the overall direction and leadership of the of the universe. And you've you know, told me many times, like, well, be patient, because after Aquaman, that's when things will really sort of take off in, in a new direction. And so I was I was watching it through those eyes. And um, I think things have been, I think it's a step in the right direction for the DCEU. And I hope that they continue down this path and Wonder Woman 1984 and everything else that that, that uh, Shazam looks amazing. So I think that they're we're on we're on a good path now. And the next couple of releases that they have look like they're going to be really good. So I, I think this is sort of the start of a new era. Um, for this universe that I am personally more excited about than I have been. All right. Well, I don't really disagree with any of those things, really. Um, most of what you said, the the uh, we t- I talked about in the Spider-Verse episode, like those the kind of the four different types of like telling a superhero story, you know, the Superman, the movie, Batman 89. Um, uh, what do you call it? A Mask of Zorro. Batman Begins, whatever, and this is the Batman Begins style of storytelling, the flashback, um, the uh, origins told in flashback as the main story progresses style, 
and I I see I see what you're saying about like okay I just want to kind of get to the to the part that I'm interested in here we go, but I think part of that I don't know if that comes from because you're already slightly familiar with the story, you know sure so, you know like when you know like you know Superman's origin so I don't really need to see Krypton exploding again I've seen it multiple times sure I've seen him as a kid I've seen like I don't need to see it in a film again I've seen the Waynes in Crime Alley blah 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 this is first introduction to a for a lot of people like who Aquaman is because most people don't have a clue they know he's a joke and even then that joke doesn't really exist anymore yeah it's not, true. not really it, it's even an older it's even an that's an older joke it's it's beyond people now so um so i i think i think the, i think what they did was necessary and i think that if they tried to do it in a way say like um like Wonder Woman, like you had suggested, I don't think his story merits that type of or, origin mm-hmm. story telling because he, if if we watched all of that in sequence, like mm-hmm. him as a kid, then him as a teenager, then you'd really be like, oh my god, just like yeah, get I, I get going. that. I get that. I think, it, I typically, I think, I I typically take, take the side of like we don't need to see the origin story in every every movie, guys. Like origin story movies are a little bit played out. Like I tend to take that side. But in this case, it felt like all those pieces were there and they it felt odd that they were sort of distributed throughout the film rather than done in linear fashion. I get I get why. And and honestly, they probably tried it that way and then landed on this on this version for a reason I'm I, that that very well could be. Um, it just played a little. I was a, it was a little jarring for me at, at, yeah. at points like while we're like we're going back again. You know, honestly, I think if we if this was the first time we'd seen him, that's what we would have watched. But oh, because yeah. the audience had already been introduced to him in a previous film, technically two previous films, um, then we'd have been like, Where's Jason Momoa? Yeah, like, that's fair. It's been twenty minutes. That's fair. Why you know, and I I wonder if that was a deciding factor. And that's hard to say. I mean, we're not in the room where it happens, so you know, it, it's really hard to it's hard to say. True. Uh, I Definitely agree that the the finding the trident sequences of the film are the most they they were the best the yeah. the Mera Arthur dynamic was pretty great pretty I, awesome I did not expect awesome. to enjoy that as much as I did it, I, I really thoroughly enjoyed that I enjoyed it as much as I hoped I would which mm. was great movie met my expectations and even exceeded them a little bit so so I was I was excited. Um, they had a they had a wonderful chemistry and i i really dug her as the mentor figure you mm-hmm. know like the you know and she's like i i like that she's the the no nonsense like we've got to get this done kind of person and you know he needed that kind of root in his life it gives them because you know the aquaman mirror relationship is one of the greats of comic books right you know oh yeah lois lane and superman and batman and his loneliness and aquaman and mara <laughs> Batman and his loneliness. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god! You yeah. know those are those. Are it was a nice. Pretty... It, was a, it was a quiet little ceremony. Just him and That's his loneliness. Just him and his loneliness. He was the only one there, really. <laughs> so, uh, you know those oh. those are some of the best comic book relationships. And and, and Mara and Aquaman are like, kind of almost like Iris and Barry Allen. You know, Iris and Barry. They're like they never go anywhere. 
You know what yeah. I mean? They, they're always together. It's never like, oh, we broke them up or whatever. Although actually, sure. Iris and Barry, they they did break them up. And in, I remember in the New Fifty Two when when they just they Merritt and Aquaman were still a couple, but the but they like unwrit their marriage. Remember that DC uh, and people flipped out. They were like, why would you make them not married? That like they're great. Like, what's the point of that? So, yep. um. I was happy to see that kind of done justice on on screen, and I, that stuff with Orm. I think you said you know he felt like a little Star Wars politicky that way. Star Wars prequels, like I like that part of the prequels, so I can see that mm-hmm. as like a negative to people. But the politics of the prequels are what I find really enjoyable about the prequels. Like to me, like if we were watching Revenge of the Sith, take out General Grievous completely. I just don't care. I like, get that. I cuz there there are certain franchises where I feel that way too. Uh where yeah. it's like, "Oh my god, this is just just fighting for the sake of fighting or like, this is just like another fight scene because we wanted more action and whatever." Like I can be cynical about that at times, I'll admit. Yeah. Um but I think there I, are some sequences that were like that, like the sequence aboard the sunken ship, the oh, kind yeah. of the sword fight. That was a fight scene for the sake of having a fight scene, which I enjoyed because that was like a 100% swashbuckling you know, like a seafaring Captain Blood adventure movie kind of deal, which totally. was which was fun, but an unnecessary an unnecessary sequence. I there think. were a few of those in this movie. I do. I did feel like there was some kind of a mandate from the top that there be action every ten to fifteen minutes. Sure, um, I'm sure. I'm sure that there was because if you notice, yeah. they were mostly caught off guard in a side explosion from the wall. It was rather hilarious. Like I started to count them after a while. People just getting caught off guard with an explosion coming from the wall. And every time it happened, it was right after they like discovered some big clue to the mystery that they were like every like. Wait a second. You mean the, the, this means that like the, you have to look through the statue to see where the where the trident is hidden? Boom! Explosion. Like every single time they were closer to finding the trident something went something happened and and there would be a you know 10 minute fight sequence some of which were awesome that guy running through the walls in sicily that was so cool that was so cool and that was all practical by the the way practical one and one camera in one shot one shot it was it's stuff like that that i've like i like almost forgive the film some of its sins right because it knows it's i think it's it knows it's making them you know, like yes, James Wan per- like is perfectly aware he has to do this to get here, and so you're just gonna have to say like I'm gonna forgive you for this clunky for this clunky exposition because we're here now. Yeah, you know. I, so I feel that way as well. I kind of wish we could see the James Wan cut of this movie, like a director's cut. That's like if he was making this movie with no WB. Um, intervention of any kind what would it look like how 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 different would it be maybe that answer is like only five percent different and that's cool maybe it's more and i'd be in either way i'm interested to see what that would look like i would probably say that it's probably not very i don't think it's very different from what we got i think they trusted him to make the film but these were the guidelines you had to abide by sure and he might sure. have just been like okay man, yeah, yeah, fine yeah. with them you know it might not yeah. have been like oh my god i have to add a sequence oh it know? doesn't sound like this was a contentious production the same way that like justice league was for example it sounds like no. this was a pretty harmonious no. you know people they, were pretty they happy asked, they asked him to oversee the dceu did you know that i didn't After, know that they asked him to oversee it and he said no thank you mm-hmm. i'm not interested i don't i wanted to make this film i'm yeah. not interested in yeah. running the rest of no. it 
Give it to Patty Jenkins. Yeah, I don't think she's interested either. I know, but I wish she was because I think she'd do a great job. She probably would, but I don't think she's interested either. But that's okay. Yeah. Um, we haven't really talked about Orm. What did you think about Orm, Ocean Master? Yeah. Yeah, I liked him. I liked him quite a bit, but I like Patrick Wilson. I think so. I think I had it like. I like was on Patrick Wilson's side just sure. because he's in the film in the sure. first place. I think they want him to be Loki or something like that. Yeah, and James Wan's worked with him before, right? So I felt like yeah. there was a there was Contrary. a like, oh, I want to put my boy out front and center, and I didn't feel like he really. I mean, like, I don't know. I'm also like not a good judge of fantasy stuff, right? And this is Aquaman yeah, is, is true. much more firmly fantasy, so like. That's like asking me, what did you think of this thing that's not for you? Like, like I thought it was fine because, like, it, I think that genre is fine. Yes, um, because th- this this it's unabashedly fantasy. Yeah, they can yeah. breathe underwater because they can. Just because like, they can, right? Because they can. I don't have to explain it to you, and the audience doesn't really seem to even care. No, like, you doesn't know, matter. Said we it's can breathe and talk underwater because we can. Okay, great. Yeah. They didn't go to any great pains to explain it or anything. It's a comic book. It's Aquaman. Just accept it, right? Like, you'll accept a man can fly, except this man can swim and talk underwater. And, you know, that's that's basically right. That's basically it. And I, it worked. It worked. It just it's not my genre. So I don't have a ton to say about it. Whereas like Loki delighted me because it went out of its way. I feel to be like, even if you don't like the fantasy aspect or the um, mythology aspect of it, um, here's just like a, a funny character, interesting character, like compelling characters that I felt like bridged the gap into like, even if you don't care about the genre here, are good characters. These were good, but didn't break out of the genre enough. I think they were genre characters. They yeah, were genre I, characters. Yeah. I absolutely agree with you. That's very astute of you. And I, I think I say, I, again, I like, he was, he was definitely of the, I'm mad. So I am going to do this, but also I'm like, I don't really disagree with you. Dick, mm. we we mm. are trash in the oceans Maybe but he should. did just want power like ultimately his motivation was to manipulate everybody and to use blend fact with fiction and to use okay yeah the the surface people are are killing our oceans which is all true but really all he wanted was to become ocean master and he tried to deflect and be like oh no that's just a title no he wanted the title he wanted the power he wanted right. to be the king of of the ocean that's why he killed Dijman Hinzu so quickly into his tenure in the film. Because he was yeah. like, fine, you're not going to give me what I want, then get out of the way and we'll let your this kid do it instead. Like, he, exactly. he was just thirsty for power, which is maybe not the most interesting character motivation, but... but no, it's, re- it's really not. But I think you could turn that character into something interesting from there. You know, yes. a character that has fallen from grace is an interesting yes. character. yes. And so I'd be curious, you know, the film goes out of its way not to kill its villains. Yes. It's very specific in that. Right. You know, it doesn't kill Black Manta, to your point. I, I understand people's criticism like, oh, he didn't really like he he moved the plot along or whatever, but he wasn't really the main villain. That's fine. I don't care because you've introduced the villain to me to an audience for future. That would be like watching Superman the movie and being like, oh, that Zod character was interesting, but he really didn't serve any purpose in Superman 1. But he was gone in the first 10 minutes, right? He was They, they teased him and he disappeared. Like the three Kryptonian villains were gone within the first 10 minutes of the movie, and then they came back in the second movie like, hey, remember these guys? Whereas here we had Black Manta throughout the movie. There was even a little bit of an arc for the character, 
but that arc mm. didn't really matter to this movie. And so I would rather have less of him. I would rather have that scene at the beginning of the film where Arthur kills his father and then we don't see Black Manta again for the rest of the movie until maybe the post credits thing. That would have been better for me, a better use and a better tease rather than having him sort of spaced throughout and all, all this sort of like I, I couldn't tell who was going to be the bigger villain for it was going to be Orm oh, or was going to be Black Manta. I don't see. It's funny because I don't think I ever thought that Black Manta was going to be the big villain. I just I think I went in knowing without uh, no one ever telling me, but I think I just went in knowing that he wasn't the main villain, that he was just kind of in it right now. So I wasn't. Like, oh, no, he's not doing anything. I like I was like, that's that's what he 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 did, what he was supposed to do. Maybe because I don't really care about Black Manta. I I don't either. I just wanted to know who was who was the villain. Like, I just wanted to know, are are Arthur and Orm going to going to like somehow end up teaming up and take down Black Manta? Or is Black Manta going to team up with Orm? I think you thought I think you were just thinking too hard. I think you were thinking too hard. I think I was. I also I also um avoided a lot of the marketing materials for this movie on purpose because I wanted to go in with sort of a clean slate. Sure. Um, which I'm glad I did and I'm going to keep doing it wasn't like full media blackout like no trailers no posters or nothing but I definitely mm-hmm. didn't see as much of the posters or, or this so like even just seeing a poster that was, I mean I don't even know if this exists but were there any posters or, or marketing materials or anything that showed like Arthur and Orm like facing off because if I had seen that I would have been like well these are the this is obviously the main matchup of the movie do you know what I mean things like that I didn't see so I didn't have mm-hmm. context going in and I was just sort of like which of these two Aquaman villains will they choose to be the main one which one's going to be you know the Venom and which one's going to be the Sandman I don't know oh sure see I I didn't I understand because that is like the that is the um say the the worry that when you have so many villains in a film you're like one gets underserved or both get underserved right I didn't really feel that in this film maybe because I knew that you know what? This felt like a comic book arc to me where it's like here we're introducing this character. He's not going to be important right now. But, you know, when he shows up in another movie, we're going to have a last track that said, you know, see issue yeah. 38 or whatever. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. And I think that maybe to your point, like it doesn't work as well in a film to do that. I think it does when the other film comes out. Yep. You know, yep. like but but a standalone, it maybe doesn't it doesn't play. I don't know. I I am excited. I, for I get Black your Manta. point. I'm not with you on it, but I, I do okay, get it. That's fair. I, I am excited for Black Manta in the next movie because I really want to see him chop off Arthur's hand. I don't think you're going to see that in the next movie. Damn it! Because I think because well, th- th- that go he doesn't really chop off Arthur's hand. He is he ha- he has taken Mara and Aquaman and Arthur's baby. And he chains Arthur up and Arthur chops off his own hand to escape to save his baby. Fine, I so, want to see Hook Hand Jason Momoa is my well, is my point. I, I think you'll I think you'll definitely see it, but I I um I think it's going to take a little longer to get there okay. because the right. you're only seeing the beginning of Arthur and Mara's mm-hmm. relationship. That's, that's I think you're going to have to wait. I think you're I think you're going to get Black Manta in three films if it makes it that far, and it's going to be film three that you get a hand drop. That would be my. I don't know if I want three films of Black Manta though. I kind of want him to be done in the next one. Or, or he like was, he was. I think he was fine. He wasn't. He was all. He right. was. He was fine. Um, but I. He also didn't get a ton of time, so I don't want to judge him harshly on a short performance. Sure. I kind of feel like the, he is teed up now, and he needs to be the big bad in the next movie. Sure. And I don't think he has the legs to be 
you know, a trilogy's worth of villain. I don't know. It doesn't. No, but I don't think they he can needs change my mind be, on that. Though. I don't think could. he needs to be the main focus every time either. Mm. You know, mm. I think he could, but I think you could introduce Aqualad, you know, Black Manta's mm. son, mm-hmm. you know, you know, depending on the, you know, in, in Young Justice, Aqualad is Black Manta's son. You know, you could, you know, there could be a lot of like good stuff that goes along with, you know, with along with this. I don't know. Who's it, who knows where it's going? I mean, it's definitely. I mean, it's made over six hundred and sixty-seven million dollars worldwide. Yeah. Like, you're getting a sequel. Yeah, I was going to ask: has has a sequel or, or officially been announced? And do we know if James Wan would be on board? I don't know, and I don't know okay. as as of as of this recording. Okay. I just I don't know, and I don't know. So, but this our at the time of recording this, our information could be outdated. Right. So right. by the time you hear you this know, it may have changed. By the time it could be up to seven hundred million worldwide. It's already surpassed I think it surpassed every DCEU movie except for BVS and for Wonder Woman. Wow. I think it's past Man of Steel, it's past Suicide Squad, it's past Justice League. Like and that's not domestic. That's 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 worldwide. That's worldwide. That's yeah. Worldwide. Well, apparently this film was actually very much marketed towards um, the uh, Chinese box office. I'm not. Uh, surpri- I'm not surprised. It this- makes a lot of sense. The visuals are very like it transcends language. It, it's and it's a kind of fantasy genre that's very popular over there. So it makes yes. a lot of it's just like the perfect you know confluence oh, yeah. of things. Absolutely. I've, yeah. Not not surprised in any stretch of the imagination that yeah. this is. This is doing well overseas. What did you think about Aquaman riding Julie Andrews at the end of the film? <laughs> so I knew Julie Andrews was making a cameo in some way in this movie, and somehow I didn't recognize her voice. Oh, I don't know how. I don't know how I didn't recognize her voice. So it wasn't until after when I was like reading the Easter eggs that I was like, oh, my God, that was the cameo. Um, but, I, but you know, I don't know. I'm fine with it. It was cool. It was it was really cool. It's odd to me that she's in this and not in Mary Poppins, but but you know that was cool. You deliberately didn't want to be in Mary Poppins. I know. I'm I'm surprised, but she didn't want to. She thought she would steal the limelight away from oh. from the movie. Like That's she nice. would, yeah. Which was very, I think, was very humble of her. Yeah. In some way, to be like, no, 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 it's going to distract from the point of the movie. So let um, Emily have her moment. Yeah, it was huh. very cool. So anyway, like so I'm sure I'll have more to say on Aquaman at, at another event. I but I again like Spider Man. I saw it weeks ago, and so my memory of it is a little hazy. But sure. I am on vacation this week, so I am going to go for a second viewing. Very actually. good, very good. Treat myself. Treat yourself. Exactly, Frank. Where can the people find us? They can find us on iTunes if they want to leave us ratings and reviews. Those matter a whole lot to us. Thank you so much for all of you who do that. Um, you can also find us at patreon.com slash thoughtbubbleaudio. You know, four episodes a month, that's like a quarter a week. If you can spare a dollar dollar a month, a quarter a week, we'd really appreciate it. A lot of people in 2018 started backing our Patreon more, and we've really grown a lot. We've, we're producing more Patreon-exclusive content for you. Um, things like early reviews of supergirl episodes that are just for patreon that no one else gets to hear things like cut for time segments where you hear conversations that tim and i have off mic uh and you get early episodes of beer with geeks before everyone else gets them so there's a lot of things um, that we're doing and we've got more things coming for our patreon uh, listeners and subscribers thank you so much to all of you for supporting us a buck a month is really all it takes patreon.com slash thought bubble audio beerwithgeeks.com beerwithgeeks on twitter gmail and facebook uh, and thoughtbubbleaudio.com for all of our other thought bubble audio network shows good stuff frank good stuff well until next time cheers, cheers.